The New Orleans Saints addition of veteran running back Jamal Williams might be their most important non-quarterback acquisition this offseason. Why? Because he makes them better where they struggled, and they make him better where he struggled. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for all the everydayers out there. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as check out our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, including inside info, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation side covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. On today's episode, we're going to get to some news today. New things are happening. Training camp dates are out. I'll tell you which ones are open to the public. We'll also take a look at how the New Orleans Saints evaded hard knocks, or not really how, but why it's important that they evaded hard knocks. But first, we're going to take a look and continue our look at the running back position for the New Orleans Saints and how the uh, now concluded, I think we can say, legal process for Alvin Kamara could potentially impact them in 2020. Three. So yesterday we talked about uh, Jamal Williams. We broke down a little bit of how Kendra Miller fits in. But who are some of the other running backs on the roster that could potentially have an impact? But I first want to start off with the impact of Jamal Williams. We kind of alluded to it yesterday. I promise we would come back to this and get some more numbers involved just to give you a better understanding of the difference in what it is that Jamal Williams brings to the New Orleans Saints. So the, the one thing that I want to highlight here is that Jamal Williams is going to make the New Orleans Saints better where they struggled last year. And by the looks of it, the New Orleans Saints are in position to make Jamal Williams better where he has struggled over the course of the past couple of years with the Detroit Lions. Let's take a look at why. So the first thing I want to start off with here is by taking a look at um, different run concepts. We kind of broke this down yesterday as well, but I'm, I'm looking now not just at the New Orleans Saints rushes by run concepts. I'm also looking at the Detroit Lions over the course of the past two years in the 30 games. 13 from 2021, as well as 17 from last year that Jamal Williams appeared in for the Detroit Lions. So what we know is that where the New Orleans Saints were sort of at their weakest last year was in this sort of um, inside between the tackles type running. If we take a look at, and I reached out to a friend to get some help on this from the Detroit Lions side of it all, some of their inside run concepts were very successful, 3.8 when it came to inside zone, and they were outstandingly efficient in other inside runs like counters as well as trap blocking. So when we talk about trap blocking, I don't mean the trap house, y'all take it easy. All that I mean is that you have somebody, one of those guards that swing it over to the, to the side from the backside of the run to the front side of the run. So to kind of break things back, break things down a little bit further, let's look instead of just run concepts, let's look at the rush direction. 
Where did the New Orleans Saints struggle running in 2022? One, two, three, say it with me, between the tackles. 3.7 yards per rush between the tackles for the New Orleans Saints in 2022, according to my charting, according to a friend of mine's charting that she sent over to me. Over 500 rushes between the tackles when it comes to the Detroit Lions, four and a half yards per carry. First of all, that's a massive sample size, and that's a really good average considering that sample size. So where the Saints struggled last year, Jamal Williams comes in with a lot of prowess. And again, these aren't just willy-nilly you know, games over the course of the past two years. These are specifically the games that Jamal Williams was a part of active for and received carries. Now let's look over at the other side of that because where Jamal Williams and the Detroit Lions didn't run very well was toward the outside, especially over to their right side where they averaged less than three yards per carry and only a third of their runs were considered successful over on that side of the field. Well, the New Orleans Saints, wouldn't you know it, fantastic. Over five yards per carry to each side on the outside and more than half, nearly two thirds, particularly over on the right side, of their carries and runs toward the outside on that right side were successful. So this is another place where you can clearly see where the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to improve with Jamal Williams because where they struggled last year, he excels running between the tackles and where Jamal Williams, who wants to prove that his game is more than just being a short yardage back that runs between the tackles, will be able to come into New Orleans and have a better blocking scheme that will be able to allow him to do more of the outside work that he wants to do. He wants those breakaway runs. And if you want the breakaway runs, you got to be able to get to the sideline. You got to be able to get outside the numbers. You got to be able to get outside the hashes, outside the tackle box, all that. That's where a lot of those runs come from. This is a great example of how the New Orleans Saints end up being able to lead the way for that. So Jamal Williams make the Saints better where they struggled. And the Saints could potentially make Jamal Williams better where he struggled or where he and the Detroit Lions struggled more appropriately. You think about the strengths of the New Orleans Saints offensive line, I think it's fair to say that the biggest place where you have question marks are going to be on the interior, right? The guards, uh, the not necessarily center. I think you feel really good about um, Eric McCoy. You feel really good about Ryan Ramchick. In the run game, you feel very good about Trevor Penning. Just can he stay on the field? If he can't, James Hurst has gotten it done there. That's where a lot of these numbers came from over the course of the past year. So I do think that the Saints are in position here to be able to carry over their outside run success. And maybe Jamal Williams is that missing ingredient in order to be able to bolster the Saints inside run success. And of course, you look at maybe another step forward for Cesar Ruiz, potentially Nick Saldaveri stealing Andrews Pete's job if Andrews Pete ends up hurt at some point. There's a lot of different ways where you could see all of this headed. Here's one other or really two other things that I quickly want to mention too. If you look at the side of the offensive line where you have or excuse me, the side of the offense where there are more players, right? So maybe there's a tight end and two receivers or a tight end and a receiver on one side or two tight ends and a receiver on one side or a, 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 a you know, maybe the the halfback is offset and over on the right side. So wherever the offense is most heavily weighted is considered the strong side, where it's more lightly weighted is considered the weak side. The Saints were very good rushing over nearly five yards per run to their weak or to their strong side, not as successful under four yards per carry on the weak side. Well, guess what? When it comes to uh, the Detroit Lions, they were a lot better over the course of the past two years running to their weak side as opposed to running to their strong side. So again, where you have the blocking scheme where they can get things done for you, the Saints have excelled. 
where the running back has to do a little bit more of the work, Jamal Williams has excelled. So that's a really nice pairing because the Saints running to the strong side have shown that they're able to protect their running back and create rushes and pick up yardage that way on the same token or yeah, on the same token, I guess it's fair to say, uh, where you want Jamal Williams to do a little bit of the extra work, he can get that extra work done. So if you're without Alvin Kamara for a couple of games in 2023, you're in a good position. And when you have Alvin Kamara in 2023, you have a good compliment. Last piece that I want to look at here is 12 personnel, the New Orleans Saints 4.2 yards per rush over the course of last year when it came to 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends on the field. We expect we're going to see a lot of that formation or that personnel group for the New Orleans Saints in 2023, especially now with um, with uh, Foster Moreau in the building. You got Foster Moreau, Juwan Johnson, all that. And over 50% of their rushes were considered successful. With the data that I was provided, the new the Detroit Lions over the course of the past two years, less than five, less than four yards per carry at 3.5 in just barely, barely a 50% success rate uh, running in 12 personnel. In fact, they actually didn't do it to the same average over the course of the past two years as the New Orleans Saints did. The Saints actually almost matched the total of 12 personnel runs last year alone as over the course of those 30 games for the Detroit Lions. So you could see where the Saints are able to provide a little bit more protection for Jamal Williams, but where Jamal Williams is going to be asked to kind of do things on his own, the Saints look like they're going to be in good business. Coming up next, it's not just Jamal Williams. It's not just Kendra Miller. The Saints may have to turn to a third running back instead, in the stead of uh, Alvin Kamara, if he ends up with a suspension. Who might that third running back be? Let's go over the options next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners at eBay Motors are teaming up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy advice each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for the draft or you're scouring the waiver wire, we're going to be bringing you the best and guaranteed picks that you're going to need to fit your roster. So with draft prep underway this season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out as this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. And if you're on the clock for the first overall selection in your 2023 NFL fantasy draft, it's okay to get downright giddy about doing the gritty. That means that picking Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson is a guaranteed fit. Over the past two seasons, Justin Jefferson has led the NFL in receptions and receiving yards, and he's going to remain that number one dominant target monster. Jefferson is a guaranteed fit to ignite the rest of your fantasy football lineup towards winning success. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure that your ride is running smoothly. Everything from air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you find the right fit and exactly what you're looking for for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating in your ride when it just needs a little fixing up because now you'll know that you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. So for parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, all you got to do is look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and all at the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's 
ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, a big thank you to all the everydayers out there for checking out today's episode of Locked on Saints and for making us your first listen of the day every day. So now we're taking a look at who might that third running back be when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. You have to imagine that if Alvin Kamara is going to have a multi-game suspension, which could range anywhere, I would say from two to eight games, you're kind of hoping it's less than six, or maybe it's six and then gets appealed down to four or something like that. Um, if that, or, or when that happens, if that ends up being the case, let me say it that way, um, the Saints are going to rely heavily on Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller. But if we look at the roster, there are some other names to be aware of. Guys like, you know, Benjamin, Ellis Merriweather, Kirk Merritt, who's made at least the offseason transition so far from wide receiver to running back. We'll see if that continues over the course of training camp when they have the numbers, right? Alvin Kamara, um, and you know Benjamin and Kendra Miller all not per- participating during um, you know OTAs, and then both you know Benjamin and um, uh, 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 Kendra Miller not participating during mini camps. Maybe that's why Kirk Merritt was in the running back room all offseason. But we'll see if that continues throughout training camp. And then the newly acquired Lynn Bowden, who might be able to come in and kind of play this maybe Ty Montgomery role where you can deploy him as a running back, but also deploy him as a wide receiver. I'd argue Kirk Merritt, if he's continuing to learn the playbook well at running back, can serve the same purpose. So who out of those three guys feels like the most likely option or really four guys, because we have to include Ellis Merriweather, the undrafted free agent that's coming in from UMass as well, six foot two, 225 pounds. Um, which of those four guys ends up being that third running back that can get mixed in a little bit if Alvin Kamara is indeed out for a few games. And uh, I, I think I need to see more from Ellis Merriweather. I, I think he's a little bit more of a downhill kind of power guy, but they like the idea of him being able to pass block and pass catch and all these other things as well. He's no uh, slouch at all um, and, and deserves respect in this conversation, but you kind of have to wonder if the NFL veterans have a little bit of a head start here. That's usually how training camp begins. So right now, the three that I'll highlight are the guys that are a little bit more versatile. You know, Benjamin, who the Saints know and love uh, what he can do because A, he did it to him last year in that Arizona uh, Thursday night game. Uh, I spoke to Joel Thomas uh, earlier during OTAs. And one of the things that he highlighted about him was sort of that, well, actually, I'll I'll tell you a couple of things that he highlighted about him. They actually like the fact that he can run between the tackles and he can be a power runner, but that he kind of has this, even at his size, he could do that. But he also has this, I think the words were slippery and uh, I can't remember the second word, but kind of this slippery, sleek, kind of evasive way of running. He's a very evasive back. And then you also add in one of the things that Joel Thomas highlighted about him was his route variety. So I asked Joel Thomas, is Eno Benjamin the type of player that if Alvin Kamara has to be spelled, where you don't have to change the playbook, he can go out there and run a very similar style. He can't be, is he, we're not saying he can be Alvin Kamara, but can you call the same plays for Alvin Kamara for Eno Benjamin and feel pretty comfortable about your ability to produce there? And I was given a pretty resounding yes in that conversation. So I think that speaks very highly of what Eno Benjamin can bring. Lynn Bowden, absolutely in there as well. A guy that was a playmaker big time during his time with the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, had to play a little bit of quarterback during that time. And even when he played quarterback, he was a lead rusher in that case. But he's somebody that can catch passes, that turns into a returner with the ball in his hands. He's an explosive player. The Saints really kind of brought him in and, and they looked at him 
first as a returner, but look, they're going to do more with him. He's listed as a wide receiver on the roster right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up moving over to running back or at least having a little bit more of that. In fact, uh, if I remember correctly, or if I recall correctly, even though he's listed on the roster as a wide receiver, I'm pretty sure the press release that they put out listed him as a running back. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of where he fits in, but I think he deserves to be in that conversation. And all the things that we just mentioned about, you know, Benjamin, particularly in the passing game and the route variety and all those things, you have to imagine that those same qualities are available for a guy like Kirk Merritt, who's a tried and true wide receiver. He's a career wide receiver. And so him being able to come in and maybe show like, hey, I can be slippery and sleek and run between the tackles and get outside and I can work as a running back too, is really what's left to prove for him. He's got to prove that he can play the position. You know, when I spoke to Joel Thomas about that, one of the things that he mentioned was that like, look, it's not as simple as just like, oh, can you go out, you know, just go out there and run the ball. Like you have to understand the nuances. You have to understand the run protections, the blocking, all those things. There's so much that you have to be able to do. But if you think about a, a running back that's going to be out there as Kirk Merritt at six foot one, 214 pounds, I think you'll, you're, you'll take that, especially if he can be a versatile guy that can go out there. So as of right now, the way that I just, I look at this just logically, right? Just logically, I'll give Eno Benjamin the uh, head start on this. And, and, and let me explain why. The not only NFL experience, which puts him over Ellis Merriweather for me right now, until we really get to see what Ellis Merriweather is and who Ellis Merriweather is. Uh, but if you think about it, he's also got the most experience out of the folks that we've mentioned with the New Orleans Saints outside of Kirk Merritt. But Kirk Merritt's never played running back before Eno Benjamin has. We're talking about the running back position. So I think that um, Eno Benjamin's natural running back state or natural position state being running back gives him the lead over Kirk Merritt. I think that the NFL experience gives him the edge over Ellis Merriweather. And I also think that the time spent or time on task, as Drew Brees would say, uh, with the New Orleans Saints puts him over Lynn Bowden, who just joined the New Orleans Saints this offseason. So I think that that's the way that I look at it for now. Um, when I look at where I'm trying to find the specific statistics for uh, Ellis Merriweather for last year. So in 2022, according to the New Orleans Saints website, Merriweather played in 10 games, carried the ball 150 times for 575 yards as the team's leading rusher. Uh, and he was an independent, uh, all independent team as the second team running back as well. Uh, including a team high 53 yards against Temple on eight attempts. So it's a it's a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty modest 2022, but 2021, 218 carries, 1,138 yards, five touchdowns, average 5.2 yards on the ground there. So you can see the value that a guy like er Ellis Merriweather uh, brings. That's why I don't want to discredit him in this conversation. We just don't know what he looks like with the New Orleans Saints yet. Um, and so training camp will will kind of uncover all that. But I think right now, I would give Eno Benjamin the edge. If I needed to have a running back room of Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller, I'm probably fine. But if I want that third guy there that can do a little bit of everything and that can keep that Alvin Kamara playbook alive in a way that maybe Kendra Miller can only do partially as he's learning the playbook and all those things, I can lean on the institutional knowledge that an Eno Benjamin already has and the comfort level at which he's able to produce not only as a running back, but as a receiver out of the backfield. I think that gives him a very understandable and logical edge for now. So for right now, I'll give it to Eno Benjamin, but we'll see what happens during training camp. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at some of the big news. Speaking of training camp, training camp dates announced. Let's talk about which ones are, let me tell you which ones are 
available, which ones are ready, and which ones are going to be uh, open to the public. That's what I was looking for. And we'll also take a look at Hard Knocks and why the New Orleans Saints might have dodged a bullet in this one. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a little bit of a news catch up for you. We're going to get to things like uh, coverage statistics and all that going into tomorrow's episode to catch up on uh, what we would usually do in a midweek fundamentals. But with everything going on around Alvin Kamara, really wanted to focus on all that. But now we have some additional news that I want to make sure that I bring you that will remind you of in tomorrow's episode as well, which is training camp dates are now available. And that's fantastic because it also means that the offseason is almost over. But let's start off first with the fact that the New Orleans Saints dodged a bullet without having to worry about hard knocks this offseason. Um, I just think that the New Orleans Saints are in one of those positions for an NFL team to where the outlook around your team is so up and down. And there's a lot of you know non-believers in the New Orleans Saints this year. And it kind of is the opposite of that. What was it? The 2018 mentality that Sean Payton brought in of prove them right, which was that like everyone really believed in New Orleans and they thought they were going to win the division, all that. And that's a team that should have gone to the Super Bowl. We're not going to talk about how that season ended, but they should have been a Super Bowl team. Um, and this year, it's kind of a little bit more like, hey, you're being slept on. And I think that's a really comfortable spot for this New Orleans Saints team. There's a lot of guys on this roster that have a chip on their shoulder. Michael Thomas, who wants to bring things back and get back to his elite status. I would say Chris Olave has a has a chip on his shoulder. He had a fantastic rookie season. Um, he's looking forward to kind of following that that up with an even better second year. He knows the things he wants to improve, work on, get better with, all those things. And now, like that's that's right there ahead of him. So I think that's a big piece of it. And I also think you look at like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is another one that's got a big time chip on his shoulder. Basically, especially rather with the way that everything kind of you know, simmered down over with the, uh, over with the, uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders and kind of how that all ended. And I think that like that chip on the shoulder attitude is one that I think serves you really well when you're kind of insular, when you have sort of the opportunity to change the narrative, which is what hard knocks presents, which is one of the reasons why I absolutely thought that the Washington commanders were going to end up in hard knocks, because if there is any team that needs a change of narrative more than anything in the NFL, it's the Washington Commanders. I thought the Washington Commanders might even pay to do hard knocks just so they could take control of the narrative after that sale was done. But they went with the New York Jets. Sorry, I probably should have said that earlier, but I'm more focused on the Saints here than anything else. The big takeaway is that the Saints dodged a bullet here. Um, the Jets are going to get it and everybody's going to kind of you know be paying attention to Aaron Rodgers and, and all these other things. And I've been hard on Aaron Rodgers in the past, probably harder on Aaron Rodgers than I should have been when he was kind of dealing with everything over the course of the offseason. Everybody's got their own way of coping and everything. And I probably should have been a little bit more respectful of that. But hey, look, you know, we all get better. Uh, but I, I so I think that like that's going to be such an engaging and entertaining few weeks, right, of training camp and watching Hard Knocks and that New York Jets story and that, you know, those young players like there's a lot of exciting stuff. Robert Sala is awesome. Like there's so much over there that I think is going to be I think it's going to be great. But I'm glad the New Orleans Saints kind of dodged this bullet because I kind of I kind of want for them all of this to stay insular and that they don't get the opportunity to change the narrative until they're out on the field. And then changing the narrative becomes about the season, not the HBO cameras. And I think that that's a really important piece of something for Dennis Allen to be able to leverage. And look, Dennis Allen was open. He was like, we don't want him here. We don't want 
hard knocks. We don't want HBO here. I don't want the cameras. I don't want the distraction, all that. Look, I wasn't going to be mad about maybe showing up on HBO a couple of times. I ain't mad at it. I've done a couple of HBO. No, I did BET things, not HBO things. Those aren't the same. But anyway, in my like previous theater life and all that and like television and all those junk. But uh, I do think that like you can see how this is a value, even on the defensive side. Demario Davis, everybody's talking about him being 34 years old. Oh, is he eventually going to fall off and stuff like that? Chip on the shoulder. Tyron Matthew, uh, even fans were hating on him early, chip on his shoulder. Um, uh, uh, Cameron Jordan just got snubbed when it came to the top 10 edge rushers list, chip on his shoulder. Defense, uh, Dennis Allen, chip on his shoulder. Pete Carmichael, turning the hat back, Pete the drip, chip on his shoulder. I think that that's great to have in an insular space where everyone's just magnifying it and magnifying it and magnifying it to the point to where your only option is to prove them wrong when it counts on the field during the regular season. And I think that's a better position to be than being focused on changing the narrative during some HBO special, which is a lot of fun. Like, don't get me wrong, Hard Knocks is a lot of fun. And maybe we'll get the Saints on there someday, uh, but not right now, not right now. Uh, okay, let's take a look at training camp. So the things that you need to know about training camp are, are pretty simple. The rookies report in just a few days on the 18th, the 25th will be when the veterans report, and then the official first day of training camp where media is present is gonna be on the 26th. It looks like media gets around 20 to 22 days of, of practice where we get access and where we'll be there, which is every training camp practice. And that includes some of those offsite practices, which we'll get to, or one, the one offsite practice that we'll get to here in a moment. A um, couple of important dates for you uh, would be July 28th, which is going to be the first practice in shells. It's also the first practice that is open to the public. Those tickets will go on sale at 10 a.m. on July 19th. So don't forget that. That'll be on the New Orleans Saints website. The 29th, that Saturday will also be open to the public as well. So it's going to be effectively three straight days, 28th, 29th, 31st, because the 30th, the Sunday will be off. So those are going to be all the days that are going to be the um, going to be open to the public uh, early on. Then you'll get three more, which are going to be August 4, 5, and 6. And then there's one more, August 10th. So it looks like it's only seven open practices for now. Now, we kind of knew what we were told. We were told that it was going to kind of be scaled back a little bit. I think there were 10 open practices last year. It looks like there's only seven on the calendar right now. Um, maybe some other ones will open up. Uh, I'm not seeing that one on the 10th is the last one that's open to the public. And it looks like that is still at the, um, that is still on airline drive. Uh, it does not look like from what I can tell, I don't see one right now on the list for the Caesars Superdome. So I want to keep an eye out for that to see if maybe that kind of fan game or scrimmage ends up popping up or, or scr light scrimmage, not really a scrimmage. Uh, for those of you that are in Los Angeles and are season ticket holders of the Sandy, of the, the Los Angeles Chargers for any reason, you would be able to go to the two open practices in LA, which are going to be August 17th and 18th. And the Saints will host uh, practices with the Houston Texans August 24th and 25th, but those are currently closed to the public. Uh, so, and then the last day of training camp is August 29th, and then boom, we're into practices, getting ready for the season. So it's very exciting. Um, so you can find all these dates in terms of what's available and what will be open to the public on New Orleans Saints website. I also tweeted it out, so you can find it at Ross Jackson Nola. Um, and it's exciting. I'm really, really happy and really, really excited that we're finally here, and we're at this point to where uh, we're talking about training camp in less than almost... Basically, we're two weeks away. Yeah, we're effectively two weeks away as I record this. So that's really, really exciting. Football's back. Football's right around the corner. So 
I just wanted to share all that with you. We'll kind of go over a couple of these big dates again tomorrow as we get into In Case You Missed It, get you caught up on everything you need to know around the New Orleans Saints big week because they did have an eventful week uh, here this week. Uh, We're also going to be taking a look at coverages that the New Orleans Saints played over the defensive side and how effective they were. And of course, any other big stories that happen to hit between now and then. As always, y'all, I appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for all you everydayers out there and for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.